Welcome back to Planner Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica McWilliams. Behind every planner, there's a person. And behind every person, there's a story. Thanks for checking out my Facebook group. It's been so fun to hear a couple of comments about the episodes that come up. It's a great place to also keep uh, up with when episodes are coming out because this summer I'm feeling more like a every other week or twice a month vibe is probably best for Planner Lifestyle Podcast. And so you can expect more regular once a week shows coming back up in the fall, but never fear. There will be plenty of planner-related content for the rest of the summer, and I have not written off interviews entirely. So thanks for sticking with me for this new format of a solo show. And for those of you who have not joined us over on our Facebook group, it is Planner Lifestyle. It is a closed group, so just a few easy questions, and you can um, pop right in if uh, if those questions are <laughs> are good, I guess. Um, they're not too hard. Today's episode, I'm going to be talking about acting on the plans. I know I specifically speak a lot about plans. I look at my plans and I make plans, but to actually act on them is a whole nother ballgame. Before I get into the content, though, I want to say a special hello to my listeners in Virginia, USA. This episode comes out the day after uh, my country celebrates its independence, and which is, of course, the 4th of July. So this today, as it came out, would be the 5th of July. So I just figured, why not pick a United States city? And so here we go. Um, or not city, state, I should say. So here are some specific locations that I have listeners. So special hey to you. If you are in Ashburn, Virginia Beach, Richmond, Palmyra, Arlington, or Charlottesville. Thanks for listening. I'm so glad you're part of the Planner Lifestyle community. And I hope everyone had a safe and celebratory 4th of July. I know here pretty soon I'm going to be going to a parade and um, we were going to do a cookout, but the weather is a little iffy with rain coming in. So I think we have now decided to do Sloppy Joe's because that can be easily done on the inside of a home. And perhaps even going out on the lake later to watch fireworks overhead while on the water. So I'm super pumped and I'm really crossing my fingers that the rain stays away. And yes, I'm really, uh, I'm really proud to be an American. Um, we have just a variety of views here and the freedom to express it. Has it always been great? No. Is it currently great? No, but for my worldview, the only really, really great place is in the presence of the Lord, God, my Father, the creator of heavens and earth. So anything under that isn't going to be perfect. But I do thank the Lord um, very regularly for being born in America, for the chance to um, speak freely, to worship openly, and those things, obviously, as a as a, uh, a Christian and as a podcaster are very important to me. So there's my two cents. I respect the flag and I will fly it proudly. Okay, moving on to acting on plans. So yeah, we spend a lot of time looking at our plans, right planner people? My planner planners out there, whether it be other people's plans, which is a very unique part of being <laughs> in the planner community, or our own. 
whether it's plans that we have already completed or goals that we are hopeful to set in the future. Many of us are trackers. I'm not super big on the data aspect of things. That's more my husband's department. But um, so it's more of a recording of those plans as well. So I should say the completion of those plans. But let's take a look at what it takes to actually get those done. I have been guilty of this myself. When you're looking at an open spread, you know, like a, a, a weekly layout, let's say, or even a daily, and you're putting down what would be the ideal schedule or things that you know you need to get done. But what happens when that time comes and goes and you don't really feel like it anymore? Okay, so this is perhaps barring like appointments or like business meetings and stuff that you just really just have to show up for. This is like vacuum Tuesday morning and things like that. Or um, I don't know. Here, why don't I break it down like this? I will give you some life updates of ways I have acted on some of the plans and maybe that'll give you a better idea of kind of what I'm thinking and maybe how you can apply it in your own planner lifestyle. Okay. So for example, uh, many of you know, especially if you're following me on Instagram, I am doing 40 pages for turning 40. And by that, I mean, I have a full-size happy notes uh, notebook, I guess you could say from the happy planner. And there are 40 sheets, empty inserts, I guess you could say. And I'm putting up more like bullety journal type of spreads and coming up with 40 things to do there. Well, one of those 40 things, and I'm not sure if I posted it yet, probably didn't. Um, mostly you'll see it in my stories if I do share it, um, is a garden plan. So I sketched out with some mild liners and Tombos my kind of overhead shot of what my garden looks like. It's very simple. I am no green thumb <laughs> by any long shot. Um, but I have a little path in the side yard, one uh, raised bed, as they call it, like a with boards. I think it's a four by um, six. So it was really just more of an artistic representation, not like a masterpiece artistic, but just kind of like a quick sketch, for example. So you can do garden plans where you have graph paper and like every inch equals one foot or, you know, however you want to, or every centimeter equals one foot. And then you literally put down like dimensions and you're like planning for landscaping and like future growth of your plants and bushes. So that's more of a technical like super data plan. I just wanted a general idea and then make notes of the things that were there. Like, okay, here's my daylilies. All right, here's the bleeding heart plant. And here's the corabels. And here are some hosta and that type of thing. Just so I could keep track of what was already planted in my perennials. And then maybe get some ideas based on that of what I could move or yeah, change up or what have you. So I spent quite a bit of time on this, obviously, um, just, you know, trying to get the shading right. And I mean, again, it's not a masterpiece, whatever, you get the idea. Okay, that's a great thing to do. And a great plan to have. But guess what's happening in my side yard, or was at the moment, there were thistles about two feet high. 
surrounding my entire garden bed. Thistles are a pain in the finger. (laughs) They're prickly. They spread easily. They are hard to rid yourself of because they have like an underground root system that's like all connected vine-like or something. And here I'm sitting with these plants and like not really getting up out of my seat and going and cutting these thistles down or really discovering what it takes to get rid of them. Because I had cut them all down in this this calendar year, like this spring, and they all came back because I didn't do the proper research and I just cut, I, I picked them up like a normal weed and I wasn't like treating them specifically. So here we go. Here is where acting on your plans comes into play. There is an uncomfortable tension or dissonance when you spend so much time looking at your plans or what you'd like things to be. And then you look at reality and you're like, how is this either helpful to do or, you know, you start getting down on yourself or it doesn't look like what you kind of want it to be. Um, And so really to act on a plan, you need, you want, it basically boils down to decision making right? You need to decide if what you want to happen, you want more than what you currently are doing. So if you can imagine like a scale, like a Wild West, you know, balancing scale where there's two hanging baskets or like the scales of justice or like, you know, when you were, I say Wild West because I'm always picturing like some weighted measurement and then someone's like, I'm going to buy this with a gold nugget. And they like put a gold nugget on the scale and they say, oh, that's real gold. And this is how much it's worth. Okay. Or like, I'm going to buy this many beans and this is whatever. You get the idea. So imagine that. So imagine that's your decision. Okay. So whatever that decision is, Like, do you want to get out of debt? Do you want to marry that person? Do you just want to stop eating at McDonald's once less than you had in the past? Whatever it is, you have to want the outcome more. So so picture that scale tipping and your life will stay the same. It will be static. It will be the same habits, the same routine if that scale doesn't ever tip to your favor and decision of wanting it more. If if you really dig deep and wonder, like you think, oh, I really want X, Y, Z. Is it because you want it on paper or it looks good or you kind of have like this dream state of what could be, but when you really look at the nitty gritty of what it takes to do, do you really want it that much more? Until you can get that decision scale to tip, this is often um, used in like perhaps like um, addiction scenarios. You know, like do you want to be safe or to provide for your family or do you want to um, all the things that would come with sobriety, the stability, the health, the wellness, the positive contribution, however you want to look at that. Do you want that more than you currently want whatever, you know, I guess you could say vice or um, addiction scenario that you're involved in? Um, And until that tips, until you decide, yes, I really do want that more, 
it's going to be very difficult to reach those goals. Now, with a caveat, I do understand, and please don't flood my my DMs with this, I do understand many um, addictions, if not all, are very tied to mental health and they are tied to um, like a disease scenario. And even if you want something really bad, that doesn't make it like snap your fingers, oh, I just decide I want to do it and I can. I understand that. I understand it's a very multifaceted, complex um, problem. But what I'm trying to just get across is even in that scenario, even if you are, you know, getting a lot of help in other ways, like um, whether it be medication or counseling or treatment or whatever, until that decision happens, um, progress can be very slow and or non-existent until that decision happens. So I hope you understand where I'm coming from with the balancing scales of decision-making to get your plans done. So I'm not too far off the rails here. I'm still remembering I'm in the middle of my garden full of thistles. So my my decision had to be, do I want my my land, my area here to be thistle-free, or do I just want to make plans about what I could dream it to be someday? I mean, it seems pretty silly. Like, just go out and do it. But, you know, it's hot. They're pokey. I don't really know how. I already feel defeated because I've tried it once and it didn't work. So it's a lot easier to stay inside and ignore it. So my decision uh, skills tipped and I wanted to act on these plans. So um, for me, that meant figuring out a better way to get that plan accomplished. Just because I have failed once doesn't mean I can't keep trying or try something else. Whether that be seeking counsel from a more experienced gardener. Um, Of course, for me, that meant going to Pinterest, which can be a very slippery slope and rabbit hole in and of itself. So that, uh, talking about acting on plans, can totally suck you down a whole other trail of... um, not time wasting, but you know what I'm saying? Like looking at images and pinning things and getting other more, getting more ideas and more plans and still not acting on them. It's more of a, you're cultivating ideas versus producing them. So I had to be a little careful there, but it was successful because I did find a recipe to come up with a treatment for the thistles. I had to find a vinegar. And since it was around my garden bed where I often many years are planting beans and things I eat, I didn't want to go the route of like super bad chemicals and things like that. So um, I found a vinegar that was 20% acidic. It's not just the normal white uh, vinegar or any of the other cooking vinegars, obviously. It was in the cleaning supply aisle. I went to a couple stores. So that first time I didn't find it, it was very easy to be like, I can't find it. Oh, well, you know, and give up. But I'm like, nope, I'm going to keep going. And I almost found it by accident. I was at a different store, uh, like a Home Depot, and um, looking for something else. And I just turned around and I was like, yes, it's here. Um, which I guess maybe I should have thought of because it's more of an industrial product that some people use for cleaning. So I bought a new squirt bottle and needless to say, I trimmed the thistles instead of digging it out by what I thought were the roots and then just squirted it with a little bit of salt and a lot of bit of vinegar and right down that chute. Um, and hopefully I can, it seems like maybe two or three of these go rounds with these thistles and they will be gone. 
that felt really good to get that plan done and at least have some traction into what I wanted my garden to look like. So when I look at the 40 pages that I have planned out and I look at the the um, drawings that I do, then it's a little bit more attainable to my dreams coming true, which is really great. Okay, here's another example about acting on plans. Um, decluttering. Okay, so for the last, I don't know, three years probably, decluttering has been on the forefront of a lot of our minds, at least in America, where we, not everyone, okay, there's stereotypes for a reason. There's certainly a variety of socioeconomic uh, conditions, and there's people with different lifestyles, so I get it. But in general, we have a land of abundance um, and space. So, I didn't want to fall victim to this mass consumerism um, mentality or one of uh, not being able to let go of my personal possessions because it had so much significance with memories or nostalgia. I'm still working on that one. That could be like a whole nother episode. (laughs) Um, But here's what I did to go ahead and act on plants because it's very easy to say, I'd like a more clean um, existence and clean meaning like simple, right? Or more towards some spectrum, uh, be on the spectrum of some sort of minimalist movement, not necessarily being like, hey, raising my hand, I'm a minimalist. I have 42 things for a family of six. Like that's not where I'm headed. I'm just saying on a track where our time is freed up because we have less to clean. Our imaginations can flourish because we have less to distract us and get us all like over sensory, uh, like with toys and clothes and all that kind of stuff. So I started in the girls' room, and summer for me is a great time to do this. Many people spring clean because that's maybe a shift in weather or they are getting, um, they want to do stuff before their kids get home from school for the summer. But for me, I'm still teaching and summer is a little bit more relaxed. So like, let's do this in the summer. So here we are. It's just past July 4th and we are getting into the, the meat of decluttering around our house. Here's a tip that I loved, and you guys will maybe let me know in the comments or on Planner Lifestyle uh, Facebook group if you have ever done this or would dare to, and let me know what you think. So I had my girls, well, I started with the twins, and they are nine and a half, and I, without any warning, just shut their door. I had them come out of their room, and I just shut their door. It was not an angry time. It wasn't after many warnings. It was just like, hey, we're going to do something. I'll shut the door. Come follow me down to the living room. And then I said, hey, I have a notebook here. Of course, I had a notebook. I love notebooks and pencils and pens, obviously. That's why I'm living the planner lifestyle. So I said to them, tell me everything that you love, use, enjoy or remember from your bedroom. Okay, so they did not have any warning to run back upstairs and be like, oh, uh, and take a quick inventory. Oh, excuse me. Take a quick inventory of everything that they saw. 
They just had to, from the top of their memory, without, yeah, just what do you want? What do you see? What do you remember? If you were to go up there right now and it was missing, you would realize it and you would be hurt or disappointed or, you know, frustrated. So we sat for a good, I don't even know, 20 minutes maybe? I mean, it wasn't too long, but it wasn't like two seconds either. You know what I mean? I didn't keep track of the time. It wasn't like two hours because as soon as they stopped remembering things, it was pretty clear like they didn't know what else was even in there. And um, so I said, okay, you can go off and play. They were making a big fort in the basement or you can watch a show or whatever, but you cannot go to your room. I'm going to go upstairs. They had been doing a lot of weed pulling for um, Peter and I the previous week. So I kind of did it almost like a, a reward. I said, you've been pulling so many weeds. I was taking care of the thistles, of course. Um, they did not have to do those pokey ones. They did the little ones in the rocks up by the front hostas. And you have been pulling so many weeds. And I would like to honor you by cleaning your room for you. But on, the, the only things that you're going to find in your room when you come back are the things that you listed. And so they went off on their way, kind of excited for the surprise, kind of nervous because they're like, what did we forget? They're, you know, obviously thinking we must have forgotten something because clearly they did. And so I spent the next day um, possibly possibly two days. They ended up having a sleepover uh, next door in their sister's room because it wasn't even completed that first evening. It was, I wouldn't even say a disaster beforehand because it certainly, I have seen worse and it has been worse. But I was very intentional about finding those items that they had listed for me and then packing away uh, the rest. So I ended up throwing away an entire just kitchen size garbage bag full of just trash. And then I had, let's see what I have. One entire black, we call them black bags, but they're like leaf bags. They're like the plastic bags that you might put more in, I don't know, garagey stuff. We always have them in the garage. I don't know. Like they're the bigger, more hefty duty, um, bags. So they're a little bit bigger than a kitchen garbage bag. I had one of those completely full and ready to just um, go to the Goodwill. Oh, and that's another thing. I did ask them, is there anything in your room that you know you just don't want? Like you could be really satisfied just being like, we're done with this. Um, I'd like to donate this I, I or sell it or something, but I know I don't want that. So there were a few of those items that I felt very confident just, um, you know, passing on through that. So I had a whole big black bag full of that. And I had three, um, like, Rubbermaid, that's a brand name, but, like, plastic uh, totes, like a big storage tote. I don't know the dimensions, but it's like a big rectangle. It's not like the size of a shoebox and it's not the size of like a refrigerator box. You know what I'm saying? It's just like a normal. See, it's my normal, but I know a lot of people listen from a lot of different places. So I'm just trying to think. Basically a storage box that you might stack up in your garage or your crawl space or something. 
I had three of those full of belongings that they had not listed, nor remembered, or seemed to have cared about. And then another black bag um, on top of that. So one black bag they knew they were okay getting rid of. One black bag full of like soft items like different clothing or stuffed animals they didn't mention or things like that. And then three Rubbermaid uh, totes or bins with more like things that wouldn't really fit in a bag because it would make a hole or whatever. And so it was so exciting. I don't know. It was invigorating to have them come back in the space. They had a physical change inside of their bodies. I mean, you could just see the space. Like, they just felt so free walking across the room without, like, going around something. Or they went straight to their dolls they hadn't played with in a long time, but they had listed because there was room to play with them. And um, I did make the caveat. I said, you know, we'll we'll sit with this. We put um, Peter put up all the bins and bags up with our Christmas decorations in the loft in the garage. And we said, if there's anything, and this is the the freedom part and the the part that I think allowed this to be less stressful. I said, if there's anything you can think of in the next week or two. Like, I'm not going to rush off to the Goodwill unless it's the things you already agreed on. I'm not going to rush off to do a garage sale when you're at grandma's overnight or something and get rid of it and you'll never see it again. It was like, if you can think of anything, let me know. And I we will make a note of it. I'm not going to run up there every time because that's like a whole hassle with the ladder and everything. But we'll make a list. And by the end of like one or two weeks, um, I think we'll do two weeks because that seems fair. Um we'll go up there and I'll take out the things that you had said that you wanted. And then, you know, we can reevaluate the rest or, um, you know, I'll, I don't know. I don't know exactly what to do with the rest other than I will have to go through it and be like, okay, well, clearly they didn't think of this digital camera that was in here, but that is not just going to get thrown away. I will keep that or, you know, give it to another kid or whatever, that kind of thing. Or like, oh, this is a memory item that I personally would enjoy. I'm going to take this out. Um, or this might, you know, fetch a couple bucks on the Facebook marketplace. I'm going to try to sell this one versus just giving it away. You know, there's that's a whole other plan of like how to how to manage like a garage sale and how to like sell your stuff to help with your financial goals and things like that. So when they came back, they did remember a few things, but it was like this like challenge for them. They were looking around looking around like what do we forget what do we forget like like somehow looking would they would remember what something item was sitting on this particular shelf or what item was 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 gone from their book uh, case and so far um they have thought of four things all of which were jewelry items so very small um Unfortunately, oh, excuse me. Unfortunately, I think when they were listing things, they just didn't think of their jewelry, and so um, none of it really made it on. But it, but still, I mean, at nine and a half, they have handfuls of like rainbow loom bracelets and bead things. They've made at um, friends' houses and like jewelry from every garage sale they ever went to and big strings of pearls like just a bunch of just junk but the things that they really wanted they remembered to say I would like the necklace with the compass on it 
I would like the earrings that were hoops or whatever it is. And it was very specific. So it's like, okay, you really obviously appreciated that one or really meant something to you. So let's write that down. So instead of walking past a room and just being like, I got to declutter or putting declutter on, you know, your sidebar for the millionth time, um, breaking it down into an actual plan um, with uh, like an end in mind. I don't know. That is a great way to go. I mean, there's a whole thing about like, you know, smart plans, make them what is a smart plan? There's so many like podcasts out there about that. I don't need to beat a dead horse, but like, you know, like make sure it's timely, it's uh, doable, it's meaningful, measurable, um, all that kind of stuff. So it's been really good in my life to try to put that plan into action. Um, okay, I'll list two more, maybe three. I'll do, okay, well, two. This one's really easy. The whole idea of a laundry schedule. So I have so many cute laundry stickers, whether it's like little clothing items on a line or a just a simple washing machine or if it's a jug of soap, um, laundry detergent. It is um, something I... I like to have or collect because it's never going away. I will always be planning laundry or doing the laundry or something to do with laundry. And I've had tried so many different systems over the years, especially when I had three kids and diapers at the same time. We were doing a lot of laundry. And at those days, and if you're in those kind of throes of early childhood, laundry is basically just all the time, every day all the time, every day. <laughs> There's not much else to do, but to just, you know, because you don't want this stuff sitting around that you have like spit up beans on it and like a blowout diaper. Like you just got to wash it. It's super dirty and gross. So you're just constantly keeping it going. There's probably, probably a load on top of your couch or at the end of your bed as we speak. As you are listening to this, if you are home, you're perhaps even folding laundry or switching the laundry like my friend Cassie from Ella Bella Plans. If you are listening, Cassie, I hope your laundry is going well. <laughs> okay, so where I'm at now with my laundry schedule is I have a teenager, a middle schooler, and two elementary students. Uh, students. They are my students as I'm a homeschool parent, but they are also my children. And um, of course, then I have the hus uh, my husband and myself. So besides sheets and towels, that's the kind of clothing um, inventory that I have to track or facilitate getting done. It's very important to me to not just do the laundry for everyone in my family, for one, because I haven't always been very timely about it. But for two, it's a life skill that I just really want my kids to be able to do. And we, I mean, washing is so easy these days. Like I'm reading a book right now about like ranchers from the early 1900s in Colorado. And it's like, when you really get a perspective of like what it took to live life, you're like, you, all you have to do to do laundry today, if you have a laundry, um, and a washing machine and a dryer in your home and like you're not carrying it off to a laundromat or, you know, if you're in a part of the world that 
doesn't even, you know, maybe you're doing it by hand. I don't know. I'm thinking if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have access to the type of things that make washing easy. But here it's easy. You have to put in your clothes, you put in the soap, and you push a button. It literally has the shape of a triangle on its side. Well, is there a side to a triangle? But you know what I mean? It's like tipped. So it looks like the play button on the TV or like a YouTube video. Like it's literally to them, to the kids, it's like, ooh, play. And like push, they don't even need to read the words. It's like you just push the button. So I digress. My kids do their laundry. But what I was finding is, yes, they're still children. And yes, I still need to facilitate the running of my home. So when I assigned them to do their own laundry, but they're picking any day they want to do it. Or they're waiting till the very last minute till they only have one underwear left or at best, or they're out of underwear completely. And they're wearing swimsuits or something. You know, like some, they were doing the actions of laundry, but not necessarily you know, that's not their job to be the um, the overseer of an entire family. That's my job. So I was like, okay, wait, wait, wait. I started off on the right foot teaching you guys how to do this, but let's back up and get ourselves together and plan a time for each of us to be basically getting the opportunity to wash your clothes. And so far, so good. I put the twins on Monday. Towels on Tuesday, Ryan and Molly on Wednesday, more towels on Thursday, Peter and I on Friday, sheets on Saturday, and then a miscellaneous catch-up, catch-all on Sunday, where hopefully if things have been going sort of smoothly that week, we wouldn't have any laundry to do on Sunday. But I wanted to plan that in there just in case... um, something happened during the week and it pushed that particular person uh, back or they missed their time or they were sick or they were away overnight at a friend's or something. It just didn't get done. That's the now Sunday becomes the catch up. Like we're not bringing any more of this week's laundry to the next week. It's like the final gatekeeper for uh, laundry. Does that make sense? Because in the past I would plan it like that, but I had no no room or margin for error or laziness or um, an abundance of laundry. There was nothing. So if I got off a day, all of a sudden it was like two weeks worth. Like there was just no way to catch up. I mean, in a planning mindset, there was no way to catch up. Obviously, you could just go downstairs and throw it in the washer any time, night, or day. I do realize this isn't rocket science, but for me and my family, it's one of those uh, points of um, life that just seems to be more of a drudgery. And I wanted to change that attitude around and make the choice of like, hey, this is easy. We have the blessing to have this clean water. We have the means to have good soap that doesn't make your skin itch. We have the means to, you know, God has provided clothing for us. Like, let's take care of it. I don't want to see it on the floor. I don't, um, you know, all, all the, all the good things of being a good steward with belongings was kind of falling by the wayside with laundry. So I'm so far so good. It's been about three and a half weeks and it's almost, jarring a little bit. Peter's like, where's my towel? I'm like, well, I already did it. It's like folded in in the cupboard. He's like, I don't even think to look there because I just figured we were out, you know, and I was like, I just used that towel yesterday. 
And I was like, well, but I already washed it and cleaned it again. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Like, so we're just kind of getting used to that um, new flow of things. It keeps me very focused because I don't feel like I have to do it all in one day. I know exactly what needs to be done that day. And I know exactly what's going to happen if I miss that day and when it's going to get done. With that plan, with acting on that plan, it brought me to want me to tell you about the idea of easy plus one. So this is an idea I took from the Institute for Excellence in Writing, which is a curriculum, actually, for writing. And in that, the uh, um, <clears throat> the instructor, Andrew, Andrew Pudwa, said when teaching some skills like um, adding in ly adverbs or adding in a sentence that starts with a word with an ing at the front or um, prepositional opener or any of these things that you're layering in they're learning on how to use the english language for to better their writing into an excellence realm start with one of them make sure they're entering them into their papers until that particular one becomes easy once that particular one becomes easy, add in another one. You do both of those simultaneously until they both become easy and add in another one. So I just extrapolated that philosophy, which I don't think Andrew Pudwa necessarily invented either. It just that's in my realm as a homeschool mom came to me and I was like, I can apply this to so much more than just writing papers I can do this for other areas that I am learning to do or become excellent in. So I have been trying to get this laundry schedule to be an easy. So then I can add a plus one. So at the same time that I'm introducing these plans and, and forming this schedule into a habit, I'm not also going out and trying to do change the world in a hundred other different ways in my home. I'm also, I mean, you have to continue life, right? People need to eat. Dishes need to be done uh, eventually. And school needs to be done. It's not that you take your life completely off vacation so you can focus on that one habit. But for me, especially in my planner and in my daily priorities, that's the one thing I do that I do. And as of right now, I will be really I will be really secure when a month goes by and then just be like, yeah, this is easy. Right now, like I said, I'm at like three weeks, maybe three and a half, and I'm like teetering on the fact that it's easy, but I, I don't want to get ahead of myself and be like, oh yeah, that's easy. And then pile on a bunch more and then have it crash. So stay tuned for that one. Um I think the next thing that I layer in once the laundry schedule becomes easy would be um, vacuuming or like some aspect of cleaning. So for you, maybe you are like an Uber cleaner and you have to like pull back because you clean so much. I know we are all on a different spectrum or different position in life. Some of you don't clean or do your own laundry at all. You hire someone to do it. Um, and some of you do this for other people. This is your job. You clean houses for a living. Um, so I know that this won't speak to everyone. I'm 
However, if you are listening right now and you are like me, you might want to check your washing machine. It probably needs to be switched to the dryer. Just saying. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> um, but for you, you know, you can take this idea of easy plus one into any aspect of your life. For example, a lot of planners out there are interested in budgeting and seeing how their financial plan incorporates so much into their their daily and yearly life that, you know, maybe it's the fact that you look at what your bank statement says and that once you actually get that information in front of you, looking at your accounts, like honestly looking it in the eye, that's your easy. Once that becomes easy, then you can take it on to another level of like, okay, um, let's now look at my bills, you know, and then once that becomes easy, you know what I'm saying? So please take this advice, I guess, is to whatever you are going through, um, find that easy plus one. And if you do have something that you're working on, let me know. Give me a DM and say, um, whether it's laundry like me or um, budgeting like I mentioned or something else completely different. I'd love to hear what your easy plus one strategy would be for your plans. All right. I think that's all for my life updates on how I'm acting on my plans, but I wanted to give some updates as to what I am doing in my own planner life. I have decided and bought my ticket to the Planning a Better Me retreat, which happens in Virginia this September. I cannot wait. I'm in the throes of trip planning and um, maybe also why I chose some Virginia areas to give a shout out to earlier this episode because that's where I will be. Um, I think the, I guess the conference is near Richmond, Virginia in the Virginia Crossings, um, like Historical Convention Center. And I'm even looking at plans to potentially go to like Shenandoah um, National Park and maybe have Peter come. I don't know. We're still shaking out some of those ideas for an extension of that, of that traveling. But I... Um, and looking forward to the speakers there. I just wanted to give a shout out um, to the speakers there, hosted by Elaine Michelle. And then we'll have Lisa Mack and Trakesha Sims doing the Faith Walk. Um, and Katarka Dixon with Mental Wealth. Erica Bunn, Ask an Entrepreneur. Um, these are like their talk titles, so not like their YouTube name or whatever. Um, the budget misses is shifting your financial mindset. At home with Kita is finding your social presence. So like social media stuff. Um, and Marquita Bianca is doing like a breathe, stretch, shake and let go, like physical movement time. And the headliner is Stacy Flowers, The Power of Reset. And I recently caught one of her, I think it was either IG or YouTube live uh, about like her birthday and how she views birthdays. And it was right around my birthday. It was very special and really spoke to me. So I cannot wait to hear from Stacy Flowers. And um, if anyone's wondering, um, I do think there's a couple of tickets left. And um, the ticket price is $210. And it is, I'm trying to get the right dates here. So, oh, September 26th through 29th, 2019. So make sure to check out planningabettermeretreat.com um, for more tickets or information. 
Also, a quick update and thank you to Tiffany from Villa Beautiful. I did get my first Villa Beautiful, Villa, Villa Beautiful, my Villa Beautiful pen um, from our, our mutual friend, uh, Jody Bergerson, who was in Go Wilds with Tiffany. And they sent me a really cute and funny Instagram um, story, but with a great Minnesota accent and said, here, I'm bringing this home for you. This is for you. And I'm just so tickled and so pleased. It's the purple one with the pink gems on the inside, as well as a very, very darling set of post-it notes. Thank you from the bottom of my heart, Tiffany, and make sure to check out Villa Beautiful if you haven't already for their for gorgeous uh, pen merchandise and other planner related things. Okay, that's all for today. And I will see you. Let's just go ahead and say in a couple weeks. <laughs> um, and have a great summer. I hope your fourth again was safe. I'm off to a parade with my family. And yeah. All right. Uh, peace. <laughs>